All right, here we go. So today, before I got here, this is a lot of fun. I always work out before Armour Up, kind of gets my mind off of it, kind of gets me in the zone. I try to clear my mind a little bit, listen to music, that kind of thing, because this is a very demanding four hours, but it's an awesome four hours. But I got in my car, and I was in a hurry today because I had a late lunch. So I was like, I've got to get there really soon. And I put in my keys, turned it, and what do you think happened when I turned it? Exactly. The car would not start. And I've never had that happen with my car before. So I'm trying to solve it. I'm kicking the thing. I wish I was quoting Psalm 23. That's not what I was saying. But I'm trying as hard as I can to get this thing to start. It's not starting. And with me, the last thing I want to do is go ask for help. Because I know what's going to happen is there's going to be a huge scene. Everyone's going to want to come watch it. We're going to pull the car out. I'm going to block the way. And I'm going to look like a moron and all that. And I really don't want to do that. But I'm pressing against time. So I'm like trying as hard as I can to get the car fixed. I don't know anything about cars. That's not my thing. So I'm, I just don't know what I'm doing. So I eventually get to the point where I'm panicking because I'm like, I have got to get to Armor Up or I'm not going to be here tonight. And so I'm figuring it out. I don't know what to do. And I eventually go, right, I'm just going to have to ask for help. I'm in so much trouble, I'm going to have to figure this out. So I go and ask for help. And sure enough, we had to like back, we had to push my car back into this intersection in the parking lot. So people would turn in and they would see me and they would stop and they're trying to get around. And there was a guy that honked at me. He told me he was number one. I'm kidding, I didn't do that. But he was honking. And it was very, very bad. Like I felt really embarrassed. But eventually, because I was going to do that, we got the car fixed. We figured it out. It started again. We jumped it. And I was able to get here, and it was fine. And here's the point. I was panicking in that moment. But when I finally humbled myself and admitted, hey, I've got a problem. I need help. It wasn't fun. It was pretty tough. But it led me to something really good. It led me to something great. And I'm telling you that story because that same idea is in a lot of different places in life. And in our faith, when we admit that we have a problem, we admit that we're struggling with something, we admit there's a sin in our life, that's called humility. When we need help, we know that we don't have it all together. And we turn to God who does have it all together. That's when He works in our lives when we live with humility. Here's the problem. Our culture is not about humility at all. If you look at the world we live in today, the message that you hear is you've got to put on this face that everything in your life is great. And especially as you get older into school, you're really going to notice it. You're going to feel pressure to be really good at things, to show that you're strong and great and that you don't have issues. And this even happens in the church. In a lot of churches today, what people want to do is show up and act like they're perfect Christians, but never admit if they've struggled that week with something. This is a huge issue, is admitting they were wrong. The world tells us that just act like you're fine. It's all good. You don't want people to see that you're weak or that you're struggling. We don't like to ask for help. So what do we do about that? I want to help us with that tonight because I want to give us, get us to the joy that God has for us when we talk about confessing our sins. So here's 1 John. This is the verse right before the memory verse tonight. And John was writing this to a group of people that were in a time where it was not easy to be a Christian. And there was a lot of false teaching out there. And it was really, really hard to be a Christian. So he's trying to help them be a Christian in a world where it's really hard to do it. It's not a very popular thing. Sounds a lot like our world today. So I've got three points tonight. It's really simple. So here it is. This is the first verse. This is verse 8. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. This is what he's saying. If I say I'm not a sinner, I don't have any sin, I'm fine, everything's great. 
I don't struggle with sin at all. What is he saying there? He's saying you're a liar. That's what he's saying, to put it pretty strong. He's saying you're a liar. If you say, I don't have any sin, I don't struggle, there's no problem in my life, that he's saying that you're a liar. And a lot of us, we like to hide things. When I was in fourth grade at Bradfield's, we had this little thing. It was a reading test deal. So if you got enough points on reading test, the teacher said that we would get a pizza party. And I was like, yes. So I had this brilliant plan of I'm going to have other people take the test for me on books I didn't read so that we can get points and we're going to have the pizza party like in a week. Genius idea, right? So I'm there at the computer. I'm cheating on this test. And this guy's there. He's like covering the thing because it's, it's his name on it. And he's taking the thing. Really kind of funny. And I'm like, this is awesome. I'm getting away with this. And we're going to have a pizza party. And it's going to be great. And I kind of felt guilty about it. But I was kind of like, I really want the pizza party. And sure enough, the whole time, who do you think was watching this? The teacher the whole time. Why? Because it's her classroom. It's her classroom. So she's walking around. They know what's going on. They can see what's going on. I was dumb. I was like, no one's going to catch me on this one. And the teacher saw everything the whole time. And she gave me some chances. She kind of wanted to see what I would do. Eventually, she showed me a lot of grace, which was cool. But I got in pretty big trouble because in fourth grade, I cheated on a reading test. And here's the point. The classroom is the teacher's, right? So the teacher sees it. They know what's going on. And that may have happened to some of you guys with the teacher. Like, how did they even see me doing that? But whose world is this? It's God's world. He created it. It's his world. Just like the teacher has the classroom, God has the world. So does God see everything that happens in the world? Yeah, he sees everything. So here's what's cool about that. He knows everything about you. And he knows everything about me. The things that I try to hide from my parents or Bible study leader or friends or siblings, whoever it is, the things I try to hide that I want people to see. Have you ever done that, by the way? You do something and you try to like cover it up so your parents don't see? Yes, some of you are getting some nods, so you know what I'm talking about. This is what that means. It means God sees it. God sees everything. Even the things I think about, God knows it. And some of us think we're fooling people when we act like we're really good one place, and then somewhere else we do something different. We think we're getting away with it. But God sees everything. God sees everything. Just like the teacher did, God sees everything. He's not surprised by anything. I'm going to tell you why that's good news in a second. But this is the point. God knows every one of us is a sinner. He knows every one of us struggles with something. He sees it tonight. It's not a secret to Him. And here's what's cool about that. If you think about the cross, that Jesus died on a cross for our sins. That's like a billboard that basically says everyone's a sinner. Because Jesus had to die on the cross. So He's up there saying, I'm on the cross because sin is terrible and everyone has it. No matter who it is. Even your pastor. Even me. Everybody. I probably have more than most people. Everyone's a sinner. That's what the Gospel is saying. And that's the first thing I want to tell you is that the Gospel means everyone's a sinner because Jesus had to die on a cross. He wouldn't have had to die if people weren't sinners. He would have said, oh, they're fine. Let them come up then. But He couldn't. Everyone's a sinner, so He had to die. So this is what I want you to think about tonight. Have you all ever heard the word idol? Have you heard that in church? The word idol or idolatry? It's a word said a lot. And sometimes when we think of that word, what we think of is someone made a statue, they hung it up, and they're worshiping the statue instead of God. But this is what an idol is. An idol is anything that we love more than God. It's anything that I love or care about more than God. It could be anything. It could be something good or something bad. It could be sports or it could be money. It could be anything. So think about I'll answer questions afterwards if that's cool. So think about anything that is for you. Something that you love more than God. It could be absolutely anything. Something that you care about 
more than God. I can give you some examples. One would be sports. One would be sports. Are sports a bad thing? No, sports are awesome. Sports are a gift from God. Sports are great. But one of the things my dad says all the time is that man is not meant to be worshipped. And sometimes what happens with sports is we want to be so good at it so people will worship us. People will think we're awesome. And a lot of times we worship professional athletes. Like we think that they're awesome. We think that they're better than everything else. Sports is one thing. We steal God's glory sometimes. Sports aren't a bad thing. But if we care about them way more than God, then they can be. Here's another thing. Sometimes it's just thinking that our good works, like doing really good things, that's going to make God like me. So maybe when I think I am such a good person, I'm better than other people. And it's easy to compare ourselves, right? But it's typically some moron that like sits at the lunch table. It's normally not the perfect standard, which is God. God's the perfect standard. So it could be anything. And I want you to think in your head, what's that thing for you? What's that thing for you? And this is what we're going to do. For each of the three points, this is what I meant to do last time, I want to kind of guide you in a time of praying because I want to show you how you do it. So what I want you to do right now is just close your eyes. I know, this is weird. And even if you're not a Christian, I just want you to give this a shot. So I want you to close your eyes and I want you to ask God to show you what that thing is. To show you what is one thing or a few things that I care about more than God. It could be anything. And we all have them. And that's okay. The first step is to admit that. So I want you to ask God to show you something that that is. That's what sin is. It's caring about things more than we care about God. And it leads to all the problems in the world. Now, open your eyes. Here's the second point. This is what's really cool. Remember when I told you God knows everything about you? Remember when I told you that? It's kind of scary at first. Here's why it's cool. Here's why it's cool. Let's keep reading. Let's go back to the verses here. This is verse 9. This is the first part of your memory verse. If we confess our sins... God is faithful and just. What will He do? What does that say? He will forgive us of our sins. He will forgive us. If we confess our sins, if we admit that this is my idol, this is my struggle, He will forgive us of those sins. It does not say if we get our lives together, if we're perfect first, if we are a better person first. It says if we admit it and run to Him to save us, what will He do? He'll forgive us. That's all we have to do is put our trust than what Jesus did. Here's what's cool. And I really want you to hear this tonight. That God knows everything about you, right? Remember when I said that? He knows everything about you and He knows everything about me. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Yet, Jesus died anyway. Knowing everything about us, the best and the worst, Jesus died anyway. He did not get up to the cross and think of your name and go, ooh, that time that He's going to do that, I'm stepping down. Not worth it. That's not what He did. He knew everything about us and was willing to go and die anyway. Why? Because His love for us is that strong. And that's incredible. Have you guys ever bought something or you've got some for Christmas and it's just terrible? Like it turns out bad and you want to go return it? Has that ever happened to you? It's called buyer's remorse. You buy something and you're like, not what I wanted. And you go return it. Maybe the shirt's too small or something like that. When Jesus paid for you with His blood, He does not have a day where He goes... I wish I didn't do that. I wish I didn't do that. I got really messed up today. I wish I didn't die for him. He doesn't do that. He has never had buyer's remorse for you. He's glad that he died for you. He's glad that he died for you. Even knowing the worst things about us. It cost him everything. It cost him everything. And it cost you nothing. That's what's amazing. So on the days where I struggle or I remember past sins, what I've got to tell myself is that that sin 
was nailed to the cross with Jesus. That idol that you struggle with that I told you earlier, it was nailed to the cross 2,000 years ago. Jesus took the penalty for it. So this is what I want you to do now. I want you to close your eyes. Again, what I want you to do now is this. I want you to accept the forgiveness that God gives you for that sin, whatever it is. Maybe a few of them, maybe that one thing you thought of earlier. Then I want you to really think about in your head how much it cost Jesus to forgive you. Because that will blow your mind. That will blow your mind. That will make us so thankful for what He did. Think about how much it cost Him. And think about how free it is for you. That He loves us even though He knows everything about us. And I just want you to take a second in your mind and just thank Him for that. And again, if you don't believe, if you're not a Christian, I think what I would pray right now is, God, if you're real, show, show that to me. Show that to me. But if you are one, this is a great chance to enjoy the forgiveness that He's given you. All right, look up now. i got four minutes left. I time myself so we can play a game. All right? Here's the third point. I'm going to finish this. This is really cool. This is really cool. And if you remember this, this will bless you a lot later on. This is back to the verse. This is the end of the verse. So we confess our sins. Remember that. We confess our sins. Not only will He forgive us, okay? And that's a one-time thing. You believe in Jesus, forgives you forever. But as each day when I notice these sins, I go to Him and I run to His grace, this is what's going to happen one day at a time. He's going to purify us from all unrighteousness. He's going to purify us from all unrighteousness. Now, there was this TV show I saw a week ago, and it was this show, I can't remember what it's called, but it's one of those things where like humans try to fight animals, and it's like crazy animals, and humans try to do stuff with them. It's the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. And there was an episode, no joke, where these people had a lion, and they were trying to tame the lion. They're playing with the lion. They're hanging out with the lion. And the lion's just chilling. And then all of a sudden, one day, the lion eats the people. And everyone, this is the hilarious part to me. And I always cheer for the animal. Because I'm like, you're an idiot if you're hanging out with the lion. But this is the hilarious thing to me. Is everyone was shocked that the lion did that. They're like, I just can't believe that that would happen. They were hanging out with the lion. And the lion ate him. How crazy is that? They were shocked in the interview. And I'm sitting there going... You're a moron. It's a lion. Lions do one thing. They eat things. And when they're not eating things, they're thinking about eating things. That's all they do. That's what they do. And sin is the exact same way. Sin wants to kill us. It might look good, but it wants to take us away from God. And we've got to kill it. We don't just tame it. We've got to kill it. But here's the thing. You can't kill it. You cannot defeat your sin. You can't be a better person. The only thing that can work is God changes us over time. And the more and more I look to Him and I get closer to Him, I don't change myself. He changes me. He helps me love Him more than my idols. I start to care about Him more than my idols. So one last time, and then we'll be done. I want you to close your eyes one more time. And then we'll be about done. Hopefully this is cool for you. I'm trying to show you how this works in prayer to confess sins and work this out in your life. I try to do this all the time. All right? So this is what I want you to do. I want you to think about that thing. And now I want you to ask God. Now think about the fact that God can change you. And I just want you to ask Him right now, Lord, help me love you more than other things. I can't do that on my own. But God, help me love you more than my sin. Help kill the sin in my life. Help kill that sin in my life. Help me love you and care about you more than anything else. All right, open your eyes. Look at me. Guys, that was awesome. Y'all did a great job. I want you to know that that's something that you can do all the time. That's what it looks like to confess sin. 
And it's also really important to have other people in your life that you're talking about these things with. That's a huge thing. Coolest thing ever is that in our sin, Jesus' grace is better. And that's something that we can accept and enjoy all the time. That's the gospel. We're all a lot more struggle. We struggle more than we think we do, but God's grace is bigger than we could ever imagine. And I want you to experience that tonight as you confess your sins to Him, and you can do it all week long, and He'll change you over time. Let me pray. You're going to have plenty of time to play this football game. This will be fun. I stay true to my word, and then I'll look up what the show's called. All right? Let me pray. Maybe it's called Zoo. I don't, maybe it is. I don't think it is, but I'll look it up. We'll say it's called Zoo. All right. God, we love you. We thank you for Zoo, and we thank you for your word. We thank you for the gospel. And uh, God, thank you that we can admit that we're sinners, but we can also run to our Savior that's bigger than that. Pray that changes one day at a time. It's in your son's name we pray.